Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. We got a lot of, we got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of gentlemen's clubs. Oh. How do you like those? Oh, hey, everybody. Mickey Mouse, no. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. Yeah. All right, we made it to hour two of The Sinner and Saint. If you missed anything from hour one, a lot of bracket talk. Will sharing his uh, intense knowledge of everything that is college basketball. Uh, you can go back and listen to the podcast by downloading it from the on-demand section of 1080thefan.com. That is brought to you by our friends at Les Schwab Tires. Baseball season is officially started, so in about 10 minutes, we're going to bring in our uh, insider baseball brain, and we're going to talk with her. Uh, she'll be coming on, on uh, off and on throughout the season uh, Jen Ellis, one of our co-workers, the world's biggest A's fan. And it was basically contracted out because I don't know anything about baseball. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, uh, not only- Intercom basically said, look, you you have a dummy behind the board. He does know how to push buttons and uh, move levers, but yeah. unfortunately he does not know where first base is. For all the weight that he carries in bracket knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, he's that deficient in baseball knowledge. So, yeah, we farmed out your baseball knowledge to somebody that, that cares. If you put my feet next to an alligator and then we retook that quiz we did the last segment where you were asking like hey where's this school from yeah uh, my feet would be bitten off oh for sure yeah i'd be dead yeah. i'd bleed out there's They're... no way in hell i could remember any of those that you just said yeah even though i gave you the answers would you get st louis this time though uh maybe i might feel like you're tricking me again you got you got you got caught up in the whole billiken thing though that's a big part of well it. that was a curveball you can't yeah. throw billikens out there and not expect me to go research what a billiken is well we got a full derailment and we learned what a billiken is which is actually a fever dream monster yes so not japanese fever dream as we originally thought nope just uh midwest good old american fever dream just just one of those fever dreams of you losing your job and your kids going to art school <laughs> Awful dream. I don't think it wasn't in nineteen early nineteen hundreds. I don't know that that was the fever dream in, in inducer. Can't have that dream. Is that the right word? I ran out of cigarettes, <laughs> and the bowling alleys closed. 
That's like an early 1900s <laughs> fever dream. Is that is that what upsets Midwestern people when the bowling alley closes? Yeah, because they of ran tornado? out of cigarettes. Yeah, the tornado came through and took out the town bowling alley. Now everybody's mad. Okay, here is really the ultimate Midwestern fever dream: is you're at the bowling alley. Uh, they say we got to close all the lanes yeah. for service. You go, okay, I need to relax. You go over to the uh, smokes machine. A lot of smokes, and then the TV next to you says there's like two tornadoes converging on the bowling from alley. east and west of the building. Huh. You're done. Are you safe in a bowling alley during a tornado? And you go, everybody, get to the basement. Oh, no, the, the basement. No, we, we boarded it up years ago. <laughs> and only thing in the basement, Billikens. That's right. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, we got the boards off. Oh, no, there's Billikens in there. <laughs> Billikens everywhere. It's also merchandise that somebody uh, paid a bunch of money to get the Billiken thing going nationwide. It never really works. It's oh, how could this get any worse? Oh, I just got a call from my kid. He's going to art school. Ah, no. Oh, that sounds terrible. All right, we were going to talk Blazers here. They play the Pistons this week and next week. So if we don't get to it, I think we can make up for it next week since next Saturday is Pistons as well. Before we get to the Blazers, though, uh, you wanted to get some Tom Izzo stuff in. Sure. All right. You. Yes. Think Tom Izzo was way over the line. Uh, yeah, over the line, over the line, not way yeah, over the line. So if anybody missed it, uh, Tom Izzo went uh, kind of lunatic on one of his freshman players and had to be restrained, which I don't think he had to be restrained. He was restrained by some of his other players, and uh, he came out and kind of gave a non-apology about it. Said the guy didn't do his job, and uh, and I. I watched the video. To me, it didn't really bother me. I know Chris Carter, uh, Charles Barkley, kind of both on my side. Even the the kid, uh, the freshman, uh, Chris Carter came out on whatever his show is on Fox and uh, said that, you know, listen, you just got to accept it. That's how the coach is, blah, blah, blah. The kid actually came out and uh, uh, approved it on Twitter. Yeah, and he also had a statement saying, I wouldn't say he's more demanding. He knows that I think I can rise to the challenge because I've been doing that all year. I feel like it's just... Uh, if my plate gets bigger, I got more food to eat. I just got to eat it. And so, you know, it's this, <laughs> I know it, he's 18. He doesn't know what the hell yeah. he's talking about. Um, you know, it, it's just this whole mentality in sports. And I think here's really what bothers me the most about this entire, um, exchange is that these are student athletes. Yeah, they are. And I think that if you're going to pay these kids and you're going to give them the opportunity to go out and make the most of themselves financially while they're still in college, whether they're still at their peak performance, uh, while they still can make money uh, off of their physicality, uh, you can do that. You can scream at them because that's their job, right? Yeah. But if we're going to regard them as student athletes and we're going to regard this practice, college basketball, college sports as kind of a prep league, right, for the professionals, you can't do this kind of stuff. You can't scream at players. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of talking heads. They go back to the whole Bobby Knight example, and they say, yo, you know what? Jeez, go ask all the players that succeeded under Coach Bob Knight. Well, guess what? Bob Knight now has, you know, mental problems. He has dementia. He has dementia. He's not well. And you know what? It really wasn't that normal when we saw it back then. And you can go back and talk to the players, and you can go back and read interviews with the players, and they hated him. Yeah. And it's the, one of those the, situations. the only reason anybody ever liked Bobby Knight is because he won, he won and, and they grew up in Indiana. And, you know, there's a huge difference because I've also heard this too from even some of the people on the text line, not today, but I've seen it throughout the week is that 
Uh, Wait, do you just watch the text line? Sometimes I go on the text line, yeah. I guess well, you have the login. Why yeah. not? If I'm at the office and I'm listening to Isaac and Zook, sometimes I'll just kind of take a check on the uh, old <laughs> Better You Today text line. Um, is that a lot of people were kind of thrown back to the whole Nick Saban thing, right? They said, well, you know, Nick Saban does this to his players and he screams at them and does this. But at the end of the day, if you go back and you hear Nick Saban in interviews and postgame interviews that he does, he never puts blame on players. Yeah. Never does it. He always just goes, you know what? This is coaching. This is the coach's fault. We didn't prepare them enough. This is on me. But you go back to this postgame interview with Tom Izzo, and he's like, you know, shut up. I don't care. I'll scream at him if I want. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. He can take it. Yeah. It's like, respect him, man. He's 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, he is technically an adult at this point. I get it that sometimes you got to learn lessons, but also treat him like a mutual human being. Yeah, I think I think part of it, though, is when you look at these college basketball coaches, they are the program. Like, as much as we want to say Zion Williamson is Duke or R.J. Baird or this team or Christian Light, Duke is Mike Krzyzewski. Michigan State is Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo's had a ton of success. This is not some upstart coach going and getting somebody's face. For a lot of years, Bob Knight was Indiana, then he was Texas Tech. But these the, the identity of so many of these programs are built around their coaches, especially one that have been to multiple Final Fours and nas- won national championships. Uh, and, and some of the coaches move around, but the 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 players – the institutions, the the uniform, all takes on the identity uh, identity of the coach more than the coach takes on the identity of the players and the university and the team colors. And maybe that's a problem that we have with with college basketball. But unfortunately, even this FBI investigation isn't changing any of that anytime soon. No, it's not. And I kind of blame the one and done rule a little bit about what you're talking about. And I think you're completely right. Is that you know coaches define the culture more of um, of college teams, of college basketball teams. College now sports, though, too, because you brought up Nick Saban. Alabama is, there's a little bit more in college football where you can kind of fall back on the reputation of, of past regimes. See, sometimes I can, because even Florida, I still associate Florida with Tim Tebow to this day. Do you really? I, I kind of do, I, yeah. And you can also get the Steve Spurrier thing, so even guys that are long gone, you yeah. still kind of see that you, a little you bit. You kind of throw Because Chip Kelly will always be part of Oregon. Yeah, Chip Kelly, always yeah. part of Oregon. I always, USC, I go Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner because yeah. I guess that was their glory days, and that's when I was a kid. You know, I, I grew up in arguably one of the best times in college football in the 2000s, and I just, I associate that. I yeah. say, yeah, USC, Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Lindell White, those yeah. guys. So, uh, but I, I think that the one and done rule has kind of started to at least speed that process up where it's like we don't really think of, um, university teams as uh you know their cultures as players right yeah. we don't think of duke as zion williams and you're right it's shashevsky that's the program you know jim Beheim is syracuse i remember for a while with georgetown when i was a kid i used to kind of think alan iverson even after he had graduated gun yeah, but john thompson i mean i still picture him roaming yeah. the sidelines and patrick ewing and there's there's a lot of guys that come and go in college basketball but the coaches seem to stick around so much longer than any other sport too yeah yeah I don't know, man. I, I just, the whole thing with Izzo is I get it. You know, he's a legend and he always will be a legend and everything. But I think you and I were talking to him in the office uh, the other day about this was like, you know, this doesn't really add very well to the reputation of uh, coach and player relations at Michigan State. No, yeah. that's a university that has uh, some, seems some, to be bad, some bad looks recently. And I don't think that helps. But Tom Izzo seems to be uh, a, a level above that. Somehow all of the controversy that's gone on with, 
all of the horrible things that have gone on around Michigan State, it really hasn't affected him or or football really. They're just they're no. bigger than the school. Well, and I, I go back every single time just with this situation to the post game interview. To, to me, the post-game interview really kind of did it in yeah. for me was that, you know, I've had coaches. Mike Cavanaugh was one. He was our offensive line coach uh, at Oregon State, and he was a really famous offensive line coach just in football. He got invited to uh, NFL Combines to, you know, do player evaluation. He had been at Hawaii. He was a huge piece at Oregon State at getting a lot of guys from Hawaii from uh, the island to the mainland. And he was a yeller. He was a huge yeah. screamer. He'd get in your face. He was also a dude who was like, I think – barely five two and he <laughs> was like a chewer to the day he's gonna die dude he had kodiak in his lip like all the time and so he'd like have to he'd have to like get up get his hand up and then like grip your face mask and pull you down to him and then he was screaming you get little tobacco leaves in your <laughs> face mask and on your face You're, you just had to sit there and take it so that's awful and you think like that at the time but then once you got into the film room he like treated you like a human being and he goes you know hey you know i know you made a mistake on this and i'm sorry i chewed you out but you got to realize like this isn't right like you're going to screw the play up if you keep making this mistake and so when i saw izzo come out there and just basically be like yeah i'm not gonna apologize for this (laughs) like this guy's a douche i'm tom izzo this is just some kid yeah i don't care yeah screw these kids what am i supposed to do teach them about life yeah a little Uh, bit oh yeah if you could if you're not too busy All right, the Mariners are the best team in baseball. They are leading in almost every statistical category across all of Major League Baseball. It won't last long because they open with the Boston Red Sox on Thursday. But for right now, I get to gloat over an A's fan, and we will do that next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Pan. As we mentioned earlier, uh, we have been contractually obligated to add a baseball voice to this show since Will has such disdain for the sport. He doesn't understand how it works. He doesn't know any of the players. He took my family. <laughs> baseball burned my house down. Uh, but baseball, uh, if, if baseball does end up in Portland, Will has agreed that he will become the first one in line uh, to be a super fan for whatever our new team ends up being. I am a homer. Uh, but we uh, welcome in uh, the newest voice to the Sinner and the Saints as someone that works with us uh, here at the station. You probably heard her voice on uh, several commercials over the airwaves. Uh, a big Oakland A's fan. Welcome Jen Ellis to the Yay. program. Thank you. you can talk over the clapping. There's, there's yeah. more people in that oh, audience than any of my stand-up sets. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jen, you do some stand-up. You and I have that in common. Yes. Uh, you've been in radio 20 years, and this is your first time doing sports radio. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So done all of it. Well, now you've, now you've really done all this of it, except for it. country, right? Correct. No country. That's <laughs> it. Uh, so tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're such a huge A's fan oh, and how this uh, story all started. I know. I, well, I've just been watching baseball since I was a kid. My, my parents took us to Dodgers games when I was a kid. I grew up in L.A., and uh, went to Vero Beach Spring Training in the 80s and met Tommy Lasorda and Fernando Valenzuela and Steve Sachs and all those guys. And it's just been in my blood forever. And then when my family moved to the Bay Area, of course, we're not going to root for the evil giants. Yeah, you know, no. I mean, if you, come if you grow up, if you grow up at a all rooting fan, for the Dodgers, you can't root never going to root for the Giants. So we immediately became A's fans. And, you know, me being a dorky little girl, I was like, oh, well, you know, I mean, Green and gold does make Dodger blue, <laughs> you know, something like that. So, but uh, I've just always been a, a huge, huge fan of baseball, and uh, yeah, I'll watch any baseball game really, even even if it is the Giants and the Yankees, or two teams I hate. So, yeah, you know. But 
Yeah, do you do you do what I do when I watch like like the basketball tournament? We've got the college basketball tournament going on right now. Usually, I watch like the first half and then I decide who I'm rooting for going into the second half. And yeah. I'll be like, all right, I had no rooting interest in this whatsoever. Yeah. But by the end of the game, you're like, all right, I kind of like the vibe that this team's yeah. got going. I just pick one. Yeah, I'm I'm usually like, well, I wish both teams could lose, but since that's not possible, I'm not rooting for either one by any means. But yeah. yeah. Um, so you woke up uh, for the first game of the season. So for anybody Correct. that doesn't follow yes. baseball closely, the A's and the Mariners uh, started off the regular season, I guess, even though it's yeah, a week odd. and a half before the regular season. Right. And then yeah. they go back and do three spring training games or exhibition games. And yeah. Like, what? What? I don't get it. But they played in Japan. They played the games at two. They started at two thirty in mm-hmm. the morning for the first pitch. The right. A's are technically the home team. Right. Uh, but you woke up and watched both games, and yes. uh, this was yeah. kind of the farewell for Ichiro. Uh, right. Right. How was yeah. how was the viewing experience in the middle of the night for you? Oh yeah, it was great. I well, you know, I mean, I, I've watched opening day baseball for many, many, many years, and been at uh, the Coliseum so many years, and it was just kind of odd. It didn't quite have that same feel for me, at least. Yeah. You know, like oh my gosh, it's opening day. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, it was uh, it was definitely really exciting to watch anyway. You know, because I mean. Uh, Japan, everybody's just such a huge baseball fan no matter what, and um, it just seemed like a, a really cool atmosphere, and, and the energy seemed really, really cool. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I, I stayed up for the first game. I, I kind of dozed off towards the end. <laughs> it was just kind of a slugfest back and forth. Everybody's hitting home runs, which was Nine, really seven Mariners see. victory. Yep, yeah, yeah, in the end. And, you know, I mean, of course, it was like, well, you know. That happens because, yeah, the A's tend to lose to the Mariners a lot over the years. I think, uh, you know, as far as, like, series records goes, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know the Mariners have edged the A's many years. Well, especially yeah. early in the season because the Mariners, sure. can, what they do is they give you hope yeah. going into the All-Star break, and then they rip your hearts out Yeah, as they stumble down the stretch. Of Mariners! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the contribution, There's Will. It's <laughs> pretty much the Mariners. <laughs> it is. Well, like, I mean, two uh, years ago, I tried to get into the Mariners, and then everybody was like, "Oh, you're gonna hate it. They're gonna lose a lot." Nah. And I was like, "No, no, I can take it." And yeah. then, like, you know, they did the whole twenty game thing, and you're like, "Oh, this is sweet." And then it yeah. keeps going, yeah. and they lose, and you go, "Oh, this is why I don't want to be a Mariners fan." Well, and yeah. this has been the last fifteen years for the Mariners. Oh, yeah. Is is they haven't been bad enough to be one of the worst teams to stock their farm system with anything, right? But they haven't been good enough to actually make the playoffs. They've wasted the entire career yeah. of Felix Hernandez. It's exactly. Uh, yep. Been really, yeah. really fun. Yep. And now all the like big bats are gone. Cruz is gone. Gene Segura's gone, yeah. you know, I mean, Cano's gone. So. Yeah, but they have Edwin Encarnacion. That's now. right. Yeah, that's so, right. and then wow. a bunch of other guys that I don't recognize. Right, a bunch of them you don't know the names of. But. Yeah, so, yeah. Oakland A's, last yes. year they, they make a, another late-season push. Yep. Uh, the team looks good, but yeah. it seemed like they didn't really have the attendance of a team making a playoff run. No, they never really do, you know, and that was the tough thing about living in the Bay Area and being an Oakland A's fan because I knew tons of Giants fans, and it was like, yeah, you know, but... Uh, well, if you win a World Series every other year, right, that tends sure. to help the turnout at the ballpark. Yeah, it tends to, yeah. of course, yeah. And it tends to also bring about quite a bit of uh, bandwagon jumpers. And people are like, oh, my gosh, the Giants are in the World Series again. Let's get out our flags from two years ago and put them on our cars to yeah. show everybody we're a fan. Yeah, look so, at my new hat. But I've I have always no been a idea fan. who Hunter Pence is. <laughs> and is Buster Posey pitching tonight? <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's like, really? Yeah. And it's, you know, as a baseball fan, you know, if I watch one Giants game, I know all of the players' names because I pay attention. And, and people who claim to be Giants fans yeah. or, you know, they, they don't know half the team. And I'm like, really? 
Yeah. Really? But part <laughs> of the pro- part yeah. of the problem is the Coliseum is a huge dump. It's it is difficult it is a to huge get to. Dump. It's yeah. It's it's been there forever, yep. and they've been playing there forever. But there's also just been. I feel like you know we've heard the story over and over again. You know, like oh, the A's are going to move to Fremont. The A's are going to move to San Jose. You know, so it's the Oakland yeah. A's of San Jose. The Oakland A's of whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, so it it always seems like you know, we get our hopes up and we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to get a new stadium. Yay. Yeah. We won't have to, you know, be in the crappy Coliseum anymore. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. Well, so, you're wearing the yeah. Portland Diamond Project hat. Yeah, so I, I have know, to ask, yeah. I mean, do you think there's a real chance that Oakland fumbles this up and the A's would leave? Or is there enough civic support for the team? Because it doesn't yeah. feel like there is from the outside yeah. looking in and you've been there, you know, uh, you were, yeah. you moved up from the Bay Area when you moved Correct. up here yeah. uh, just about a year ago. A year ago, ago today, yes. Yeah. Exactly, so yeah. does it feel like if, I mean, the Golden State Warriors have already moved right. or are in the process of moving. The Oakland yep. Raiders are in the process right. of moving. Are, are there going to be people that chain themselves to the the legs of the players and Matt yeah. Chapman if they try to yeah. take the A's out of town? Well, Chapmania, you know. I know I mean, that you're a big yeah. Matt Chapman fan. I was trying yeah. to remember who your, who your uh, well, Chad, baseball crush Chad is. Well, Chad Pinder, actually. Is oh, when I, yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know a little <laughs> bit about baseball. It's not all about the butts. But, um, <laughs> but it's not, not no, about no. the butts either. Right, exactly. It's not not. I, I think can't you might, confirm. I think I think you <laughs> I think you might be able to get Will into baseball if you talk more butts with him. Okay. I just looked at a picture of Chad Pinder's butt and it is a fine butt. It is, isn't it? And, and yeah. as is Matt Chapman's, but I just I feel like Chad Pinder is more of a utility guy whereas, you know, yes. I don't know what were we talking about before? <laughs> All I'm saying is that this butt is not like fantastic. It just it gets the job done. It does. Yeah, yeah I'll say. It yeah. sure does. A lot of Matt, uh Mark Canna as well. Mark Canna's butt? Mark Canna's butt. Yeah, he's got a good one. <laughs> Uh, uh, what, no, well, so what, what are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've uh, never actually listened to the show. We did invite you on to talk baseball. Like, Wait, you and, guys do a show? And what? then you sent us all these topics you wanted to talk about. I go, have you ever actually listened to our show? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Anna like, has a Wait. beefy butt. Yeah. He's got a beef butt? Yeah. yeah all right. Does. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, He's a good I'll, ch- I'll check into that after the show. Sure. Just go ahead and save all those pictures. Put them out on our Twitter page and we'll take a look at those after yeah. the show. Sure. Um, <laughs> so what are the chances right. the A's realistically stay well, in Oakland? Because it feels like over the last decade, they put out renderings yep. and they put out locations, but they never yeah. have any financing behind it. It feels like well, and I think too that, destined well, to move. Well, the reason why they kind of brought Dave Cavill on board, I believe, is because he was able to get a privately funded stadium for the earthquakes, for the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, soccer team down in San Jose, Jose and yeah. it's like you know the the has like the largest bar in North America or something like that and it's you know this incredible Avaya Stadium that was privately funded so they're hoping that he's going to be able to do that for the A's and you know I mean that's his intention of course and he's you know I, I feel again like I said it's like cautiously optimistic as an A's fan over the years it's like oh yeah we keep be- being promised all these great things and and Cavill has been making a lot of changes even at the Coliseum which mm-hmm. has been great to see and food trucks and you know different things for kids to do during the game and all that kind of stuff which is exciting as well because you know I mean you go to fancy AT&T Park or now what is it Oracle Park yep. now and uh, you know I mean there's everything to do except watch a live baseball game that's going on behind you while you're playing a video <laughs> game of a baseball game it's like Jesus you know I mean yeah when I was a kid I, I watched baseball you yeah know, there, there were no video so games. I actually do have a question Jed so let's say that uh, the A's do move here are yeah. you of the kind of 
of persuasion that, okay, if they do move here, I want to keep their history and everything. Yeah, absolutely. You're, be- you're good yeah. with that? Or, or would you be kind of disappointed if the A's moved here and then they go, uh, we're going to change the A's and it's going to be something yeah. else? and they're going to be like red and brown or something sure. instead of Ooh, being gold. That's or, a good look. I red and brown? Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, no, I mean, I would, I- I'm definitely all for keeping the history of it because we were talking about it the other day, too. It's, you know, I mean, when they moved uh, from Philadelphia to Kansas City, and then, uh, you know, uh, in Kansas City, when they were about to move to Oakland, you know, was was right when they introduced all the, the green and gold and the garish colors and everything like that. And, you know, I mean, I would want them to keep those, those vibrant colors because it's so different from everybody in baseball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, but uh, yes, I would definitely want the history and um, all of that to continue. But I, I just, I think it's a far stretch um, and I think a, a friend of mine in the Bay Area who just turned 70, he said, uh, if the A's move out of the Coliseum before I turn 80, I will be very shocked. I'll be very surprised. And yeah. he's been there for, you know, 70 plus yeah. years and he just turned 70. So, <laughs> well, the way I look at it, I just don't think it's a sustainable place to keep playing baseball, especially, you know, with the, the like you said, the modern ballparks sure. and drawing yeah. people out. I don't think any, any, you know activity going on outside of the ballpark is going to keep people there. But the other thing that to me, and and you'll know better than I, but my friends that live in the Bay area that live in the East Bay and live in Oakland, you know, everybody goes, Oh, it's a growing city and it's a vibrant area. Yeah. But it's people moving out of San Francisco that can't afford to live there. Mm -hmm. And it's people that move to get jobs in Silicon Valley or, or are not, they're not from Oakland. The growth in Oakland isn't from within. Right. It's people from without. Exactly. So they're, they're coming in and they don't have an attachment to the Oakland A's. So yeah. I don't feel like, and, and like I said, you'll know better, but it feels to me like there's not a ton of support locally yeah. for a team that, you know, well, and I, needs so much help to stay. Maybe it could just be that, uh, I think, you know, after the, there were like three really great postseasons. Uh, where the A's made uh, the playoffs, and then, you know, the year that they traded Cespedes for John Lester. Yeah. And, you know, wh- whoever else it was. I can't even remember who it was and, now. Uh, Magic it, Beans. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, Magic Beans. Um, but that really – I. I mean, that really sucked the energy yeah. and the excitement out of the fan base and the team. And I felt like it just, you know, made such an impact on the chemistry of the team. And then that offseason, everybody got shipped away. I mean, Josh Donaldson got, I mean, it was like the worst Thanksgiving of my <laughs> life. I was like, I'm not thankful at all. Josh Donaldson's gone. What? <laughs> you know, but that it, that just really, and, and this past season, when, you know, I mean, hadn't been to the playoffs in a few years, and then all of a sudden, 97 wins later, and it's wild card time, and holy crap, you know, oh my God, here we are again, and we all got excited again. So it was, I think the the fan base kind of just needed a little bit of a boost to go, oh, hey, guess what? This team that's coming up now that they keep saying is the future of the A's, you know, they've been winning all through single A, double A, triple A all together as a team. So it's, it's exciting to see. And the, and Matt Chapman and Matt Olson both won gold gloves in their rookie seasons. And it was just, you know, it's, it's been really incredible to see. So cross fingers, hold breath, you know? Okay. Well, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep bringing uh, Jen back throughout the year to talk baseball with us. Uh, It's just makes it a little bit more fun than talking with Will. It's, (laughs) It's kind of the same as talking to a door about baseball. No offense. Wait. Door? Yeah. Come on, window. Sorry. Uh, no, at least with a window you Stay get a view. Um, but we do need <laughs> to keep Jen. We need to keep Jen around for one more segment because uh, we found out, or I found out this week, 
that she was an extra in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yes. And so we will share Dan Marino's stories. Okay. But first, the sporting news. Welcome back. Luke Anderson, Will Darkens, and Jen Ellis joining us. Uh, Jen uh, works with us here at the station. You've probably heard her voice on countless advertisements. She's uh, one of the one of the great voices around here. She also works in our traffic department. Uh, this is her sports radio debut, but she's uh, been in radio for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Um, so we invited You're her on, on to talk radio now, Jen. Yell. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, you yeah. have to do your angry voice and oh, yell at people. Oh, I do? Yeah. Oh, we'll man. show her how it's done. Oh, Mariner suck. <laughs> Will, why are you wearing an orange and black hat? It's the same colors as the Giants. Because of the Beavers. He's like oh, the Beavers. The beavers. Yeah, right. he's poor oh, yeah. Alice. He oh, played yeah. for the Beavers. Farmland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we were talking about the uh, the A's possibly moving to Portland because you're a big right. A's fan. Yes. You moved up here just about a year ago from the Bay Area where you grew up. Um, but you don't think it's going to happen? You think somehow uh, that Oakland will yeah. figure it out? I, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I, it would be awesome. It would be really great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I would love it, but I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. I don't see them moving out of the Coliseum anytime soon. Ugh. Poor guys. Stupid Coliseum. Yeah. Um, but I think baseball probably wants to keep their teams where they're at because I think it's yeah. a bad look and you obviously upset a, a lot of people yes. when you move yeah. a team. So uh, see Seattle Supersonics well, fans. Well, yeah. And you <laughs> said you said it doesn't seem like at the end of last year, it didn't seem like uh, we had the or they rather. I shouldn't. Say no, you we. can say we. For okay. Days. Well, the, yeah, it it. It didn't seem like there was enough of a following for there, a team there should that was have been a, more a support push. for a team. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And um, you know, I mean, I I think the the Coliseum is so huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, because if all the right field bleachers in the Coliseum were in a regular stadium, you know, if all the people that were there many, banging on the drums, yeah. I think it would. <laughs> How many people fit in the Coliseum? Uh, forty-seven billion. 47 I'm not billion. sure, but it it is you know it, it was still about the right. fo- football field and baseball field. Google so. confirms it. Yes. It yeah. is oh, or forty-seven billion three hundred fifty-seven million. Yeah, million, yeah. Uh, something yeah. like that. Right there, yeah. Yes, it's a huge, huge thing. It's a huge piece of concrete, yes, it and it's is. kind of a dump and has sewage problems. But yeah. uh, we will we will wait and see what happens with Portland to baseball. But uh, yeah. at least on that'd this... be great. I would love it if if any team oh, came uh, if we get it'll be know. so so awesome. We'd be doing this show. Let's be honest. We'd be doing it from the bleachers right now. It would be yeah. Well, no, next week I guess baseball right, next, officially next starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we're keeping around for one extra segment, we don't <laughs> want to bore Will with too much baseball. But one of Will's <laughs> favorite people in the history of the world is Dan Marino, <laughs> and uh, you have a very funny connection to Dan Marino. So yeah. you and your mom were both extras mm-hmm. in the movie Ace Ventura. Yes. Uh, before we get to the Dan Marino part of this, <laughs> what was your impression of the movie when you were an extra? Oh, so my my mom and I were on the set for three days, and um, it seemed as if they were just kind of making it up as they were going along. It didn't seem like they had a script. Really? Because there were so many different storylines and so many different plot lines that were going on all at once. And, you know, like, you have to imagine, like, at that point, Jim Carrey was just the white guy from In Living Color, you know? And Courtney Cox was just, you know, Alex P. Keaton's girlfriend from Family Ties. That woman from the Springsteen video. video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Uh, She also did the first uh, uh, feminine hygiene commercial that said the word period in it. Oh, yeah. I know. I watched one of the VH1 fun facts on uh, on the music video she was in for Springsteen. You would watch VH1. Hey, listen. (laughs) It's fantastic entertainment. I don't know if it's still a thing. This is a long time. Puts me right to sleep. (laughs) 
that and a like nice Bob cup Ross. of cocoa. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, so you're on yeah, set. Yeah, so we're on this. set for a few days and... You know, I mean, they, the the director, I can't remember, who's the director of that? Oh, God knows. I, I, I can't even remember. But they, I assume it was the dolphin. Yeah, they, it, well, yeah, do not go in there. Uh, uh, it's not Snowflake. But um, the, the the director and Jim Carrey would just, like, get together in between scenes, and then they'd say, oh, and then how about if you try this? Oh, and then do this, and then do that. Oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. You know, and they would just, it seemed like they were just kind of winging, winging it, it yeah. you know? And my mom and I were looking at each other, oh, my God. God, this is going to be the worst movie ever made, and it is going to go straight to video. And then, of course, you know, the guy talks out of his butt, and it becomes the largest grossing movie of the decade or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my mom and I are both in it, and you can see both of us. However, there were several scenes that were uh, cut out and, uh, you know, long gone from... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on the cutting room floor. Uh, yeah. If if, nobody, yes. if you've never been on like a movie set, it's bizarre to watch mm-hmm. the process yeah. that goes into it. I guess the original cut of Dumb and Dumber was like three hours and unwatchable. And then uh, <laughs> somebody came in, they brought in a consultant and they helped chop it up and turn yeah. it into like, so there's your other Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Um, so Will, why do you love Dan Marino so much? I love Dan Marino because I didn't realize until this audio that you showed me that Dan Marino is like a tough guy putz. Yeah, new like he's from Pennsylvania, but he has like the Northeast. Uh, he's got a gangster. Yeah, yeah. He he's got a gangster kind of uh, accent. So th- this is Dan Marino. Now correct me if I'm wrong here. This is like Discover Card or something for. He's some kind of card. promo for yeah. like Visa or something. Yeah. But something. it's it's one of those you know obligations you have as an NFL superstar yeah. to help promote the league and the team. Needless to say, it doesn't go well. You'll get round trip airfare and tickets to a game, a complete uniform, and a chance to meet me. Stay tuned. I'll have details on how to enter, and we'll be announcing a winner later tonight. It's a little long, and I, I think you flubbed on that last Did not flub at all. No, it wasn't a flub. There was no f***ing flub. It was not a flub. No, come on. Let's do it. it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Marino from the Miami Dolphins. Welcome to Visa NFL Quarterback Club Week on I hope you've enjoyed your Fox Thanksgiving Day. We have is. more NFL action on Sunday starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, but tonight you'll get a chance to be my backup quarterback for a day. You'll get round trip, airfare, and tickets to a game, a complete uniform, and a chance to meet me. Stay tuned. I'll have details on how to enter, and we'll be announcing a winner later tonight. Okay. Send it in. No, I want to see. You'll get round trip. Type in Dan Marino swearing into YouTube. The video is even better because you see him contorting his face to say, "You can enter to win." Enter to win. It is, yeah. If if he if he couldn't throw a football, he'd be Danny Marino from down on the block, and he'd just be a knucklehead. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, lunkhead jock. So the best part of your story about Ace Ventura is your mom was in a cut scene of Dan Marino telling a joke. Yeah. So one of the original, (laughs) one of the original plot lines was uh, that Dan Marino was going to be telling this joke throughout the movie. But you would only ever hear the punchline, and you would never, ever hear the entire joke. So for him to stand there in this scene where everybody's dressed in, you know, black tie attire, and, uh, you know, he's wearing a tux and everything, and everybody's holding glasses of champagne, and he's trying to, you know, tell the punchline of this joke, and he couldn't remember his lines, and he's just standing there. And, it, and, and you know, I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember what the punchline was, but it was like something like, you know, like, you know, and then the guy says, you better not open that door. Use you guys. better not open that door. <laughs> you better not open that door. Like he would put emphasis on each word. It was like a try. caveman I, 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 learning yeah, to like, speak. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb lunk jock, lunkhead. 
So yeah, but it was it was uh, my mom was like, oh god, this 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 movie, it, it will be. Surprising if it ever Marino just looks like he's a guy that gets freaked out by the camera. That like he yeah. feels like he's expected to do so. You know, it's all athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're told to do something and you're like, all right, within the confines of my body, I understand how to do this and do it well. But like when they were like, Hey, just go out there and be funny. It's like, Well, what do you mean funny? Yeah. Yeah. Well it's it's ah. it's it's a, it's a guy with all the confidence in the world and uh, nothing outside of football to back it up. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, a- like the, the you know, anytime uh, a jock tries to do a commercial, it's always so funny. It's like there's a Mike Trout Subway commercial, and he would say, and I like lots of jalapenos yeah. because, you know, yeah. I can handle the heat. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how you're supposed or, to say it. It's, it's, it's rare to have an athlete as charismatic as OJ right. was, you know, before all the <laughs> stuff about the. You know, he's still charismatic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, two murders later, he's still charismatic. Uh, well, I mean, he was acquitted. The best jock reads are the ones where they're uh, saying it like uh, they're at like a um, a uh, grade school like um, assembly or something, and they're just rushing through the script like, hey, I'm Mike Trout. I'm here for Subway. At Subway. Yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, my name is fill in the blank, and yeah. I can read the cue card that is in front of me, and yeah. I'm telling you about the product that has been selected for me to endorse by my agent. I've also tried this product, and you can tell by the enthusiastic smile I have on my face right now. I can yeah. tell you that this sub is a home run. <laughs> <laughs> and here is a sports pun that is equivalent to the sport that I play. And we move on. All right, Jen Ellis, thank Thank you you so much much for the first baseball segment uh, with us. We'll have her back throughout the summer to talk baseball when Will gets really, really bored. We wrap up the show with What to Watch. It is next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sport talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel. Avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out of touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. That was fun. Enjoyed talking with Jen. Now we have to get you ready for your sports weekend. It's tournament today. De- uh, text line, love Jen. They actually really did. Wow, well, I mean, the hot A's talk. Well, listen, you know, she's a hot A. Wait, that, that a- just ruined the whole segment. <laughs> ah. uh, so, what are you watching this weekend? Tournament is the big thing. Are you taking a skip out of it to watch Blazers, or what are you doing? Uh, you know. Meh. I guess I'll split it between two things, Blazers and uh, Tournament. Blazers to start with, um, like I was mentioning in my update, they've won five of their last six, and you kind of hope this would be it, right? They have this nice stretch at the end where it's pretty easy, except those last, I think it's four or three games where you got to play Denver twice. Hopefully you get into the position here in these next 10 games where you can win a bunch and Denver will win a bunch, and there's just a mutual agreement among teams like, (laughs) hey, we're both pretty set. Let's just 
put everybody out. <laughs> like we Makes don't sense. need to play anyone. Yeah, um, next five next five for the Blazers: Detroit, Brooklyn, Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit. Yeah. So these should be winnable games, and then when you hit those last three, you know, hopefully you're kind of battling for that third spot, and Denver's uh, very well placed in the second, and they'll just take a break. You know, you hope for that. Tournament-wise, this weekend, uh, I am looking at the Ducks tomorrow. I want to see yeah. them uh, keep going through UC Irvine. I want to see them get to the Sweet 16. In my bracket, I do have them going to the Sweet 16 and losing there. So uh, for selfish purposes, I say that. But, you know, if they keep scoring like they do, and they keep the energy up and the tempo up like they did against Wisconsin, you can see them going farther. Uh, two games that I'm watching in the tournament. Uh, one today is at 310, and this is Murray State against Florida State. Uh, John Morantz. I've watched uh, mostly highlights. I didn't catch much of the game. I was unfortunately driving around most of the day yesterday. Um, but oh, goodness. I do. What's that? I said, oh, goodness. Uh, and Thursday I had meetings. Well, no, it stinks. I mean, listen, I, I made the, the classic mistake. I gave myself things to do on those days well in advance and then uh, didn't skip out to watch nearly enough basketball. Uh, but I want to watch uh, one of the best players in college basketball. And if Jaw's going to be a top pick in the NBA, you want to see what Murray State can do. And Florida State, you know, they've got some bigs, but uh, uh, Murray State has a real chance to, to, you know, do something when you have one of the best players in college basketball. And the other one is Zion Williamson against seven foot six Taco Fall. That game is tomorrow at 2:15. Duke versus Central Florida. Seven foot six center had a double double yesterday to get UCF past Virginia Commonwealth University and then Duke. 51 points between R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Did you see the picture of R.J. Barrett dunking while Zion Williams is jumping in the background? No, I did not. Pull it up on the internet. Uh, it's a work of art. It's a ridiculous uh, looking image of just how freakish those two guys are and how good that Duke team is. So those are the two games I'm looking at for most. What are you watching outside of sports, young man? Uh, keep yourself tuned in here to 1080 The Fan, of course. But if you were right by a TV as it hits 11 o'clock, you want to get yourself over to the Lifetime Network channel. At 11 is the 2016, uh, I'm going to guess not feature film, uh, Bad Twin. Now, this is starring Haley Duff. Uh, that is sister of hot Hillary Duff. So less talented Duff sister. Yes, but okay. just as hot. Oh, good. Uh, Jen has hot no idea. without the talent? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I like that. Jen has no idea that her insane sister's twin 15-year-old daughter's plan to murder her after she adopts them, which I, I dare you to try to interpret what that sentence meant. Uh, she adopts twins, and they're trying to murder her. Jen has no idea that her insane sister's twin... 15-year-old daughter's plan yeah. <laughs> to murder her after she adopts them. Yeah, so something happens to her sister, so she adopts her twins. Somebody's and they're trying getting to kill adopted her. and killed. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm assuming the reason that she adopted her sister's twins is because her sister died. I'm guessing she doesn't know why her sister died. But the twin probably killed the sister. You see, you got it? Yeah, yeah. you're picking up what I'm putting So maybe down. I don't need to watch it. No, I think, well, you said she's hot? <laughs> yeah, she's hot. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I'm going to go find a copy of Ace Ventura, and I'm going to go enjoy Dan Marino's performance, and I'm going to find try to spot Jen Ellis as one of the uh, extras. It's pretty awful. Ace Ventura? The, the, no, the Dan Marino performance. I know. It's really bad. It's wonderful, but that movie is kind of ridiculous. I've always been partial to Ace Ventura 2, but only for the rhino scene. Uh, that is uh, yeah. that is what. Really? Dude, that movie was such a so stupid. Yeah, but so was the first one. Yeah, but there was something endearing about the first one. Yeah, the second one was just the setup. I for, don't know. The setup for the rhino scene is pretty fantastic. Yeah. What? Yeah. Eh, all right.
right. Uh, that's a probably 13-year-old me that watched it and remembers it being the funniest thing ever, too. So that might be part of it. Everybody loves farts. It's true. True. My twins, uh, two and a half, they already think farts are hilarious. I'm so yeah, proud. You trained them well. I could not be more proud as a father. Uh, big thanks to Jen Ellis for joining us to talk some baseball. If you missed anything from the show, you can go back and listen to the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Uh, find it on the on-demand page on 1080thefan.com. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Ducks basketball tomorrow right here on The Fan. And have a great weekend. We're done. Bye-bye. Always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the right side of life. You know, I'm going to watch Norbit. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.